welcome to Criminality, where loving reality isn't a crime. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm great. Coming out of this Christmas weekend. Yeah, showing up. How was your holiday with your family? It was just fine. Thank you. How was yours? Let me look at my script. It was wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. Um, no, you know, it was, uh, it was a day. It was, uh, not mm-hmm. going on the top 10 list of sure, best sure. Christmases ever. I'm honestly glad it's over. I hope everyone's listening had a good one. I hope if you didn't, that you are okay. And, uh, we're really happy you're here listening with us now. I'm really happy to be chatting with you tonight, Melissa. Me too. Um, and you're in great company if you didn't have yeah the top 10, lots of people, you know, it wasn't the greatest holiday ever. That's okay. No, it's it- over now. It's, it's at the tail end now. of like not the greatest year ever. So I don't know what anyone was expecting. <laughs> sure. Do you remember the show on VH1 Best Week Ever? They had for years and years. I yes. loved it so much. Yeah. They don't do that anymore because no one is saying that. Best Week well, Ever. Well, yeah, there is no content for that show. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that just, it's not possible anymore. So, um, yeah, well, I'm excited because tonight's story, and this will be coming out like right before New Year's Eve, and this isn't a New Year's Eve story, but it is, there's a lot of celebrities in it, and yes. it's it's a star-studded, fun, but, you know, full of full of craziness story, so let's, let's just get right into it. What do you Perfect. say? And I Love think it. you're very ready, and a reminder to anybody, uh, we are also on YouTube, you can watch these episodes, and you should, because if you'll recall, my clues from last episode were fashion, fraud, and energy drinks, and Melissa just brought it with the uh, Zoom background with a fridge full of, is it? Bub- I don't remember what it's called. This okay, guy it looks is like CEO of it, but um, it's from it- a show. It's uh, <laughs> It looks like bong or bang, and I didn't want to say either, but um, I... I don't know. Bing what bong bang, I believe, is the correct answer. <laughs> I'm sure after you drink it, it is like a big bong bang. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, fashion, fraud, and energy drinks. Uh, Love it. Maybe those are the trifecta or the triple threat, or in the spirit of the holidays, could it be the trinity of reality TV <laughs> ingredients? Wait, trinity like Dexter, the Dexter <laughs> Trinity killer? That's, didn't think that one through. That could be it. Best season. Um, for Dexter listeners, they're going to love that. Still on my short list of things to watch that I haven't. So oh, God, I appreciate it, but not obviously in the same <laughs> way. Okay. Today's story centers around a woman, an incredible woman, a very successful woman, Melissa. Her resume actually sounds a lot like yours and mine. She is an international supermodel, a business mogul, fashion designer, creative director, TV personality, and perhaps most impressively, mother of Five. I mean, check, 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 check. <laughs> Just check the boxes. I mean, I know it's like, who's not all of those things? Right, right, right. Uh, but you know what they say behind every successful woman is a string of men threatening to take her down, take her kids and tarnish her reputation. But I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's first just say hello to Ms. Kamora <gasps> Lee. Yay. I would so, have said Simmons. I still... I know I have to stop myself from saying Simmons and we will go through her names, her last names, the marriages, the relationships. We're going to get to all of it. But yeah, we're talking about Kimora. Uh, Sounds like you know her. Yeah, I've watched I've watched some of her show uh, years ago. I don't I wouldn't say I kept up with it as much of other ones, but I'm aware of her. I know her. Okay, cool. You're going to know her a little better, a lot better, probably by the end of today's episode. So as you stated, she's probably best known as Kimora Lee Simmons. I mean, it just it just rolls off the tongue. It does. Uh, because, of course, she was married to the hip-hop mogul Russell Simmons. But that marriage, it's over. And she has a new marriage and a new last name. As of this story, she is Kimora Lee Leisner. More on both of those men later. But first, I really want to, like, settle in on Kimora a little bit because her life, even before we got to know her on reality TV, truly remarkable. So she was born Kimora Lee Perkins in 1975 in the Midwest, St. Louis, Missouri. Her mom was Japanese. Her dad is black. And obviously Kimora is mixed race coming of age in the 1980s in the Midwest. And if that sounds hard, it was according to every interview she's ever given by age 10. This makes it even more difficult. She was five feet, 10 inches. 
Now you're tall. Were you that tall at 10? At 10? No, 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 no. I, I was probably 13 or so, but always the tallest, but not 5'10". Wow. Always the tallest for a girl is really hard. I've had friends in that same situation. 10 years old is like fourth grade. So you're like an adult, like the tallest adult kids know you're that tall. Like that's crazy. So she was bullied by her peers for both her size and her looks, which stood out in this predominantly white community she grew up in. Now, she does say there were black kids in her school, but because she was mixed, she never felt like she quite fit in with them. And there were no Asians. So she really didn't fit in anywhere. So her mom saw something in her, though, and she saw something special in both her personality and her looks and felt that she just needed a confidence boost. So she signed her up for modeling classes at age 11. And by 12, she was booking jobs all over St. Louis and was getting, you know, professional, local print and in-person modeling jobs. But she went from a Midwest mall model to international supermodel practically overnight. Because she was discovered by none other than Carl Lagerfeld, lead designer for House of Chanel at age 13. Whoa. I know. So huge for a number of reasons, her age, but also her look. This was a departure from Lagerfeld's previous faces of Chanel. And he is quoted as saying that when he saw her, quote, I saw the face of the 21st century, which kind of gave me chills and like, He is obviously a visionary and he's right. I mean, we see more ethnically diverse models now and more varying body types. But in the 90s, it was very much like the Kate Moss waif era. Mm -hmm. So to go in a different direction was was bold and newsworthy. But she was also just 13. So that alone was crazy. She was the final model in his Paris bridal show, which is his sort of like iconic signature spring show every year. And the model that gets to walk last is always kind of like the one making this big debut and is always the one that like holds hands at the end with the designer. And it was her. She wore a bridal gown in that show. She was 13 years old. And nobody thought that was, I mean, I I don't know what people thought. Hearing you say it, I'm thinking like that just doesn't. She doesn't look 13. She looks like a very young adult woman. She doesn't look like I looked at 13. Right. (laughs) Really, the the cops would have come like that. It's just like a (laughs) baby. But um, but it's weird, right? It's weird. So marriages and weddings would actually be a big part of Kimura's future, but not just yet. So she was raised mostly by her mom. Her dad was sort of in and out of the picture, but her mom uh was really instrumental in creating this this career possibility for Kimura. But she also worked, her mom. So Kimura would travel to Paris for these shows by herself. And eventually she was making enough money and booking enough jobs on her own that she got her own apartment there. So she would fly to Paris, do a bunch of shows, make a ton of money, fly home and go to high school in Missouri. So that's wild, right? Like, and she talks about it, like no curfew, parties, work, and then coming home and having like geometry right. and a curfew. But coming home to Missouri too, because you hear like the Hadid girls and stuff like that. They're coming home to LA. Like that's other people's lifestyle. But coming home to Missouri. Right. Into a classroom where your yeah. peers like may or may not understand what you're doing. Ooh, yeah. And I'm sure that doesn't help with the being accepted whatsoever. I do not think it helps. Kimura's life has not been without some drama, legal, criminal, and otherwise. But honestly, considering the fact that she was essentially a child working in the fashion industry since age 13, her story could have been a lot more drastic. And she's not even responsible for the crime and drama in today's story, I'd like to add. So uh, all things considered, I think she's doing very, very well. Uh, An interesting thing to note is that Kimura was mature for her age. She she had to be, I think. Right. Uh, she was thrust into a very adult world very early, and she became aware of older men and what they wanted from her at an early age and an early stage in her career. Um, I sent you a clip, and if you would like to play that now, this was a local interview Kamora did with a reporter in her hometown her sophomore year of high school. But Kamora says that she's been able to steer clear of older men who can be considered model groupies they don't know how old I am when they approach me. I'm not a 19-year-old, 21-year-old person. And I have men that are 40 years old that want to take me out to dinner, and it's, it's just not something that I need to be 
scene even in right now. How old is she in this clip? 15. Oh, no. I would say 25. I know. The youngest. She, wow. Wow. The way she looks, the way she speaks, right? right? She looks older. But a lot changed between that interview and her 17th birthday when she met a very famous, well-connected man who started pursuing her. I'm not saying he was a model groupie like that anchor did, but Russell Simmons saw her at a fashion show and it was game over for him. He sent her a flower arrangement to her dressing room during New York Fashion Week that was so heavy it took two men to carry and deliver it. And Kimora was impressed. I mean, she felt like she was being wooed and she showed the flowers to her bestie, also a model, two years her senior. You might know her, Tyra Banks. Heard of her. Yeah. Tyra was less impressed because she knew Russell to be a player in this scene. And mm. also he'd sent her the same flowers once. <gasps> I know it's so awkward, but it's true. Uh, fun Tyra Kamora crossover that would eventually happen would be on America's Next Top Model when Kamora would be a judge on season one of that show. So that's fun that they kind of work together in that yeah. other capacity later. But their history goes way, way back to their literal teens. So Kimura did not heed Tyra's advice, and the two started dating Russell and Kimura when she was 18, on the record anyway. Many people thought it happened sooner, but sure. officially she was 18. And as for Russell's age at the time, he was 35. Probably don't need to give a bio on Russell Simmons, but for anyone not aware, he is a fixture, an icon, a legend in the music industry. He formed the band Run DMC in 1983, which included his brother, Joseph Simmons, a.k.a. the run of Run DMC and Rev Run of the reality show Run's House, which I love. Did it you watch It was great. Yes. Run's House. I, mm -hmm. I just, it's a good one. Like to me, I'm like that, that's a good one. Yeah. It was like wholesome family. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's like, give me all the like over the top wealth, but like if you're decent and funny and I, I don't know, it just makes it even more enjoyable. So here's a little, um weird picture of Russell and and yeah. Kimora I realized in the pictures I have of Kimora and her man whichever one it is we're talking about the uh -huh. man is always directly behind me making it hard to see for anyone watching and I decided that's okay yeah I was gonna say that's that's fine <laughs> it's fine with you right yeah, yeah um right so we've got Russell Simmons and their relationship was tumultuous on again off again according to most people but the people who really knew them said Kimora made Russell want to be better. Mm. I don't know if you know this, but even now he's vegan and he's really into yoga. He's like a super healthy kind of spiritual person. That right. all started when he was trying to get Kimora to be with him forever. Like it was, it was his way of showing her like he wanted to be better and mm. he was going to prove it. This clean living, all of it. He credits Kimora for it. So the two did eventually get married in 1998 in a small civil ceremony. It was officiated by his brother, Rev Run, Joseph Simmons, and they welcomed their first daughter, Ming Lee Simmons, in the year 2000, and then another little girl, Aoki Lee Simmons, in 2002. That them being 21 and 19 is blowing my mind. Like oh, just I'm thinking wait. of them just little Those little girls. adorable. Mm -hmm. I know they were in the first picture. I mean. Could not be cuter. Right. Yeah, there are adults now. It's crazy. So Russell and Kimura were best friends, husband and wife, and business partners. In addition to Def Jam Records, Russell was also the founder and president of a fashion company called Fat Fashions, which included the successful brand Fat Farm. Of course, we're talking P-H-A-T, making it super cool and something I never wore. I don't know if you Pretty did. hot and tempting. <laughs> you think yeah. anyone was going to buy me something fat no nothing about me I'm you can not, go to the mall yourself and get yourself some baby fat even as an adult I was like this is not they yeah, don't want no, me wearing their clothes that's exactly how I felt um but I have maybe a caveat to that that I'll, I'll share at the end when they got married Russell created a parallel line called baby fat for Kimura to run and run it she did she was the president and creative director of baby fat and the company saw new success under her leadership she just tapped in to a whole new market. I mean, obviously women. And then she expanded to right. children. And she just was um, so effusive. And she just embodied the brand and right. personalized it in a way that Russell never quite did with Fat Farm. 
Yeah. Well, and I will say I I know her as Fat Farm more than I know him. Like same when you Baby said fat him, Kamora. Yes. Yep, yep. I didn't know about Fat Fashions. Like I knew Fat Farm, but I thought I assumed it was with her too. Right. Me exactly. too. I thought she it was became kind of her, the face. Her baby. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not saying fat face, but she was the face of fat. <laughs> this is a the really, this is what happens when you name your company something with a different an alternative you, spelling. It's going to happen. Hey, yes. Tell me about it. We didn't choose dialogue this. podcast. <laughs> yes. <No. laughs> um, so, so she knew fashion and modeling and what made a great runway show. Her shows just drew everybody to them because they were fun and lively and they didn't take themselves so seriously. And Russell was so connected in the music industry that he was able to get baby fat on the leading women in music like Aaliyah, Lil' Kim, Alicia Keys, Pink, everybody in the early aughts was wearing baby fat. So the Simmons household was a busy one and they pretty much had all the ingredients for a reality show. Over the top wealth, multiple successful empires, A gorgeous woman now co-parenting with a super cool hip hop mogul and two little adorable girls. I mean, it's perfect. I want to watch that. Thus, Kimora Life in the Fab Lane debuting in 2007 was born because why live in the fast lane when you can live in the fab lane? Um, So let's play the game we like to play, which is which network do you think it was honored? Do you remember? It really makes sense. Just think fashion. I, I feel like it was on E. It, I, that's it what e? I thought. Or it's style. Style. Do you, okay. I, are they owned? I feel like I think E owns owned. style. Or style owns E. What was, what's her name? Daniela Fisher. Who's the girl that played Topanga? She that's, yeah, had, that's her. Is that her? Okay, so uh-huh. she had uh, some version of the soup on Style Network. So I think that's okay. whenever I learned they're like somehow in the same family. I always equate one with the other. So those are very mm-hmm. good guesses. And it is the style network. Yep. And fabulous really was Kimora's brand. Honestly, like she used the word all the time before Teresa, by the way. Yeah. Um, this was a full two years before Real Housewives of New Jersey would debut. I was thinking about like Teresa and her like fabulous and Fabulini mm-hmm. and all of that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I, unfortunately, there's no like copyright dispute between them. I wish. Um, right. but, <laughs> the ultimate episode. Yes. Kimura actually wrote a book called Fabulosity, what it is and how to get it. And unlike every book you and I have brought up on this show, this book got stellar reviews from the Boston Globe, the Washington Post and other actual outlets. So, oh, wow. She's kind of killing it. Like everything she does. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen Life in the Fab Lane, um, it's kind of exactly what you would expect and how I've described it so far, but I did send Melissa a clip that we're going to listen to now for a refresher. Tell everybody, Kimora's coming. Reality is about to hit Kimora Lee Simmons. I think I'm like your normal everyday person. I have issues and kids and family and jobs to juggle and balance. She's a model. Why don't you eat something? I can't, I'm on a diet. What do you propose I eat? She's a mom. You put that jewelry in that oatmeal? Quite a soccer mom. And she's a mogul. Who said the meeting was at 4 o'clock? I'd like to know so I can fire them. Don't play with me. The Style Network takes us on an in-depth journey of the crazy life of this ghetto fabulous diva. I have parties to go to, events to plan, sweetie. In seven 30-minute episodes, plus a one-hour introductory special, find out just who Kamora is. Call me Cendrillon, Cinderella. I'm really more like her evil stepsisters. Some people think I'm a drag queen. Some might call her self-centered. But I want it to be the movement of me. You may have stuff like, you know, me leaning up against the wall. No, me, me, me. Unbearable. I have so much Louis Vuitton. It's, a, it's obscene. Controlling. Was it a cover story? I can't make any promises like that at this point. It's not going to happen. Well, I think we should get a cover story out of it. She runs her company with an iron fist. It's not about what you think. It's about what I think. Notice I'm not paying attention to you. I'm not impressed. She's fierce enough to make grown men cry. I'm defending myself for what? Don't make me bust out a nail file on you. <laughs> She's a woman that seems to have it all, but there's always room for more. I'd be much better suited as a movie star. I just don't have time. Welcome to the world of Kamora Lee Simmons, Life in the Fab Lane. It really doesn't get any better than this. This is the epitome of luxury. Love, I would watch it all over again. I know. It's uh, it's predictable, and I know, like, girl boss era is over, sure. but I feel like she was at the front end of that and kind of portraying that on these shows. 
And, you know, she has multiple, she has a staff. I mean, she had chefs right. and nannies and assistants and, you know, we like, we enjoy that. So Russell is often seen on the show, but not as her husband. At this point, they had separated, but are still living in this massive house together. But there was another man, Jaiman Hansu, who was billed as her husband. More on him in a bit. So here's what's important to know as we move forward. Kimora and Russell, great friends, great business partners. I've said that before. I'll probably say it again. They thrived in their solo endeavors and their joint endeavors. During the early 2000s, they'd managed to bring Fat Farm and Baby Fat to a combined profit of $265 million. Whoa. So in 2004, yeah, not surprisingly, a big corporation called Kelwood wanted to purchase the company for $140 million, and they did. Kimura stayed on as president and creative director of the brand, and this is the role we see her in during Kimura Life in the Fab Lane. That's her being like president, okay. not like owner of the company. But she left in 2010 after a majority stake of the company was sold to a different investor and after her marriage to Russell officially ended. In 2008, Kimura filed for divorce, but this was after a three-year separation during which they were still living together but not in a relationship. So it worked for them. I don't know how. Yeah. The house is very big, so I guess they just made it work. But um, they lived and co-parented and were best friends but were fully in relationships with other people. Right. Just not divorced until 2008. Most people assumed Russell had a wandering eye and had cheated on her, but he insists it wasn't the case and that Kimura was really strict. And it was only after the divorce that her foot was finally off his neck. <laughs> okay. Uh, both were also emphatic about remaining best friends and co-parents. In fact, Russell paid Kimura a healthy $40,000 a month in child support. I would love to be the child of $40,000 of support. Like, just, Can you imagine? I'm just like, you could the like, life I would be living. I know. I know. Set up to be hitting all those check marks on Kamara's yeah. resume. You know, I know I, I mean, I'm already there. I'm just, Oh, right. Other people I'm saying, part. imagine. Sure, yeah, sure. exactly. Exactly. Okay. So they remained friends, co-parents, as I mentioned, and also business partners in past ventures and new ones. This will be really important later. Russell's official quote on their split, Kimura and I will remain committed parents, caring friends with great love and admiration for each other. We will also continue to work side by side on a daily basis as partners in all our businesses. So far, smooth sailing. I mean, no lawsuits, no custody battles, no yeah. crimes. What is this episode even about, Melissa? Let's take a quick break and I'll tell you how it all fell apart. Factor is back as a sponsor of Criminality and I couldn't be happier. Here is one of my favorite things about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're perfect year-round in all seasons. I loved having Factor meals in the winter when it was so cold and so miserable to go out and I was happier to stay inside and heat up my Factor meal and get a warm meal. But now that it's spring and warming up outside, I'm revving up my fitness routine. So I don't want to do takeout as much. I certainly don't want to cook or grocery shop. And I'm more conscious about what I'm eating. Another perfect season and reason to get Factor meals delivered. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of over 35 options, including popular options like the one I get, which is calorie smart, but you can also do keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. Also, it's not just meals. They have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverages, all kinds of things to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com slash criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com slash criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can 
be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me as, you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. But the best part is there's no long-term commitment, and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, so remember at the top of the episode, I said there was a string of men in her life ruining everything Kamora had worked so hard for. <laughs> yes, I do. We're getting closer. Okay, we're getting closer to that part. So when Kamora and Russell were in the process of divorcing, she began dating Nigerian actor and model. Yeah, we can see that. Yeah, yes. Because the story doesn't have enough good-looking people in it already. Jaiman Hansu. So he is maybe not an American household name, but you've probably seen him in one of these major movies. Blood Diamond, Amistad, Gladiator, Guardians of the Galaxy, Aquaman, and so many more. So he is a big deal and is also a two-time Academy Award nominee. The couple head over heels in love and a year into their relationship, they welcomed a little boy named Kenzo Lee Hansu. While Kimura was pregnant, they had a traditional commitment ceremony in his native Nigeria where Kimura was very quick to make sure people knew was not legally binding or (laughs) recognized by any country they resided in, Nigeria or the United States. So this was just an expression of their love and commitment to one another that they wanted to do before their son was born. They split a few years later in 2012. I suppose it was fairly easy because they didn't actually marry. Nobody knows why for sure, but it's rumored the couple had a big fight about money and that he stormed out during a very specific argument about their lifestyle and their finances. So at this point, as a quick recap, Kimura has three kids from two relationships, a thriving career. She is only 37. (laughs) She's got like a huge net worth. Like she's done a lot. So it shouldn't surprise us. Yeah, she lives in the fab lane, man. So it shouldn't be surprising that she found love again quickly, but this time very quietly. Most people didn't know who Tim Leisner was or that he was dating Kimura. But once the pair wed in 2014, Russell tweeted out a heartfelt message of congratulations to them and the news was out. Tim Leisner is a German investment banker and he married Kimura in 2014. They welcomed a son, Wolf Lee Leisner, in 2015. Uh, By now, we can see that Lee, she gives to every child as their middle name, which is this nice kind of through line. Yeah, and Wolf is a unique name, which I have more commentary on later in the episode. So we now have four kids, two marriages, three men that she's co-parenting with who are all about to work triple time to mess up the house that Kimora built, the house of Fab, that is. Her second reality show that debuted after Life in the Fab Lane, that was only one season. It was also on the Style Network, and it was about specifically a company called JustFab.com, where she came on as, like, the face of it. Oh, I mean, I know that website, but I don't know that show. Yeah, it was only one season. I don't think it was as successful as um, her earlier show, and it was really the same exact thing, but like not as good. You can save yourself watching it, but it did follow. I can't start it because I'll have to finish it. I'm not. Yeah, (laughs) yes, exactly. Save yourself. In 2015, the same year that Wolf was born, Russell, who we know is still friendly and engaging in business endeavors with Kimura, became very interested in an energy drink called Celsius. He said it was better than all the competitors out there, and he made all kinds of claims that drinking one before a workout would help you burn more fat and calories. And he's like a really healthy guy. I like those drinks. Don't tell me that they're crap. I like them. I'm not telling you they're before workouts. I thought that's where we were going with this. Oh, I I want you to rest assured Celsius, I think, is like still on the shelves. 
nothing bad happens to Celsius. Thank you so much. <laughs> but wait, are you serious? Like, yeah, they I really... like it. My sister told me about it and I get them. I don't like the variety packs because there's some I don't like, but there's like a raspberry one I really like. And I don't like Celsius seltzer kind of carbonated drinks. And I really like this one. Wait, specifically Celsius? Specifically Celsius. It's the only one I drink. This is so cool because I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know he had anything to do with it. Oh my gosh, just wait. So, so he excited. like, yeah, this is so, this is a very fun surprise because I just don't drink energy drinks. I'm not, I just, I don't know why I don't like how they make me feel. Um, I don't know why, I just don't. My sister told me about this and this feels, this doesn't feel like an energy drink. It's supposed to be like very natural and yes, all of that kind of stuff. So it's, that's why I drink that kind. I've never tried Red Bull. I'm not interested, but yeah, that I I'm like, those. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know what? For this scenario, I'm going to believe Russell. He's saying some things later in the episode that we can decide about okay. <laughs> separately <laughs> about believing him or not. But for this, maybe, you know, it, it makes sense now because like I said, he was a yoga person. Right. He's, a, he's a vegan. Like he is not into chemicals. And he said this mm-hmm. one truly is different. Okay. So he invested a ton of money and, and he wanted to help the company scale. He felt like his celebrity profile could help the brand get to the next level. So he invited Kimora and her new husband in on the deal, and they accepted. Together, they invested $16 million into the company. I mean, a business deal with your ex and your current husband. What could go wrong? Right. Everything. Because a year later, yeah. Tim Leisner, Kimora's investment banker husband, was charged with very serious crimes. This is now why, if anyone listening does know Tim Leisner, this is why. I don't, I mean, this, I'm not... I'm not very well read when it comes to like financial world crises. Sure. Um, but, and whoa. wow, <laughs> you should have seen me trying to get through these like Forbes articles. <laughs> I think the smoke was coming out of my ears. Tim's role at the time was vice president of investment banking at the Asia office of Goldman Sachs. Super big deal. Right. One of the world's biggest financial institutions. And I said was. Why? Because he has since been barred from ever working in the industry of finance ever anywhere again. <laughs> Why? How does that? Uh, that I know. Whoa, okay. I, I know. I mean, the words were so severe. Everything I read was like, he is barred. Like, he, like, I mean, nowhere, not one bank, not one country globally, nowhere. This guy has like, whatever the equivalent of a red letter is in banking, like he has that. And it's because he pled guilty to bribery and money laundering and what the BBC called one of the world's greatest financial scandals and what the U.S. Department of Justice called the largest kleptocracy case to date. Word of the day alert, kleptocracy is a government. I know. I'm like, we've all heard of a kleptomaniac, but nodding like, sure, stealing, stealing. (laughs) Sure. So it's where the government's corrupt leaders use political power to appropriate the wealth of their nation typically by embezzlement or misappropriation of government funds at the expense of the wider population. Mm. Melissa, I read every article I could find on this case. There are many. I read the whole Wikipedia entry, super long. I read it twice. And I can (laughs) still barely understand what happened. I am going to do my very best to recap this. I really am not a fan of, like, saying you're dumb when you're not dumb. Right. I feel so dumb. And for people who work in finance, if you're listening, like, Amazing. I just hats off to you. Go you. <laughs> I just go little rock. It's so complex. I yes. Um, I'm just so impressed. Okay. Goldman Sachs raised six billion dollars for a development fund for the country of Malaysia. My sister lived there for a while. This is cool. You've got Another so many connection. connections to this story. This is making me so happy. Okay. That development fund was called One MDB, and Tim Leisner was the banker managing the entire thing. Those funds were raised to help fund projects in Malaysia that would improve the lives of citizens like infrastructure, electricity, things that they had that were not working well or didn't have at all. Right. $6 billion goes a long way. But Goldman Sachs started getting alerts about things that should not have been happening. There were debts against the money. Some of the funds they tracked and they were being transferred to the Malaysian prime minister's personal bank account. They were also showing up in real estate deals in the United States. So the U.S. Department of Justice and whoever handles this kind of thing over in Asia concurrently, like there were two investigations going on. I read more about the United States one because it dealt more with 
Goldman Sachs and Tim Leisner. There's sure. so many players on the Asia side that I just couldn't, I, they're not in my story. Yeah. But they're there. They were involved because the money started coming through United States bank accounts. In addition to what I mentioned, where it started showing up, it was also, I find this so interesting, used to finance the film The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> and what the articles, I, I know it's so specific and random, but also not because like the story is so right connected to this. Mm-hmm. And Tim Leisner, all the articles are like, was he going rogue or did Goldman Sachs know? And so a lot of the articles were calling him like the lone wolf, like operating stealthy, oh. like outside of the bank's jurisdiction. So we've got like the lone wolf, the wolf of Wall Street, and they named their kid Wolf. And I'm sorry, I think there's something to it. Yeah, I was thinking Wolfgang. Um, oh, I met a kid out in the wild named Wolfgang, and I was so confused when I heard the mom call for Wolfgang. I almost, I almost chuckled. I just wasn't prepared for it. Right? I don't it's, know that you I would ever be prepared for it. But yeah, it's um, it's it's. It's big, a big bold name. It's a big bold name. Like I like Wolf. Wolf is like a little more like Yeah, yeah. It's Kip still you don't nose. it wasn't. I mean, what, was no he raised in a barn? <laughs> like <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> exactly. I do feel like there are probably kids in Brooklyn running around named Wolf right now. But, oh, sure, sure. Um so anyway, that's just a side note about wolves. So what happens basically is Goldman Sachs gets in a, a ton of trouble because they're the conduit that's what I read for all this money. It's moving through their bank and they made $600 million in transaction fees, whether they were aware of it or not, that money, they made money based on all the movement of the money. This is where I'm like, I don't understand how that works. Right. I don't think it matters. Um, They say they had no idea. And that Tim Leisner was entirely operating, you know, illegally against their knowledge uh, outside of their knowledge. So lone wolf, Exactly. Like father, like son. I'm just kidding. The kid is adorable. I'm sure he's never done anything wrong in his life. They separate themselves from him. They fire him and they have to set aside like so much money. I forgot what the number was. It was so much money to pay for legal fees to deal with this. So Tim decides to plead guilty to all the charges and the bribery charges like bribery of a foreign national. It's it's bad and money laundering globally. And again, this wasn't just... Um, this wasn't like a Madoff thing where it was just rich people's money sitting in a bank that they didn't get. This was right. money that was supposed to go to building roads, turning lights right. on in schools, like really taking from the Malaysian people, which makes right. it all the worse. Yeah. So he agrees to, uh, so he pleads guilty. He agrees to forfeit $43.7 million. I don't know what forfeiting that money means if you literally pay it back or you don't take that profit that is owed you or that you would have had if you had stayed right. in some account or some dividends of some fiduciary. I don't, I not don't your know. money. No mo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kamora chimed in right around this time to say, uh, their money is very separate. They have separate businesses <laughs> and separate bank accounts. And she had nothing to do with this or any knowledge of it. And that is a really good thing because one of the articles I read in the New York times said, they, they use the word ransacked the fund and the amount he ultimately was responsible for was $200 million he took from, Ooh. from this account. And again, he expanded his art collection with it, real estate, paid bribes, et cetera, et cetera, funded the movies, you know, now let's put a pin in Tim's criminal and legal troubles because it's now 2017 and it's Russell's turn to have accusations come at him. Charges of sexual abuse and misconduct start surfacing, naming Russell as the perpetrator. And at first there's just one or two, and then there's a few more. But as of the time of this story, there are more than 20. And most women are in the music industry, except for one, a very unexpected reality show crossover. One of the accusers is none other than Countess Luann of Real Housewives of New York. Now, I'm not mitigating what happened between them but she came out when all these allegations came out and said yeah he's a total pig her words 
and he groped me in an elevator at mm. some fancy hotel or event or something. Now, I want to say this case is pending and current, and it could be its own episode, probably will be its own podcast at some point. I mean, this is yeah. really going down in like the big Me Too stories of famous right. people, so I'm sure we will he hear more. This episode today that I'm doing is not about Russell and those allegations. It's really about Kimora and the things more tied to her, and this is not. Right. But I do want to mention it because Russell is at the heart of the scandal. Tim is at the heart of a financial scandal. And while Tim took a deal, and at least we know he did it because he admitted he did it, Russell is vehemently denying the allegations. And people in the industry, from what I'm reading, are very split over whether or not to believe him. There seem to be two sides and camps, as right. there often are. Kimora's on-the-record response is pretty neutral, Kimura said, I add my voice to the chorus of those speaking out against sexual harassment in all forms. I have known Russell for over 25 years. We were close friends, then married, divorced, and have remained friends, co-parents, and partners throughout it all. These allegations against him are nothing like the person I have known in all that time. I have known him to be a caring and supportive father and someone who has worked tirelessly to uplift disenfranchised communities. My sincere hope is that anyone faced with harassment or assault reports it to the organization and or law enforcement, though I understand in many cases this may not be possible. I thought that was a very... That's a great... Uh, it's a great statement, statement mm -hmm. right? It's like... It's strong and supporting people who have gone through it, understanding why people might not have gone a certain way through it, and yeah. explaining who she knew. So, yeah, I don't... I mean, I don't think you could say anything against her statement at all. Absolutely. I thought it was pretty pitch perfect. Um, so these two swirling around Kimura with all their problems and now they're business partners in this Celsius deal. They're also co-parents. So she can't just get rid of these guys. She can't be like, I don't need them in my life. Like they're bringing too much, you know, they're the father yeah. of her children, but at least her ex-boyfriend and Kenzo's father, Jaimin Hansu is chill, right? Yeah. No, no, oh, Melissa. No, no. I <laughs> he, at the same time, serves her papers, activating heated legal custody battle over Kenzo. Ugh. Sorry, I'm pausing because I'm just so disappointed. I know. So, like, could, like timing is everything. Right, right. Well, then Diamond. this is also, if that's what you wanted, that would be a good time to get it because she's dealing with all this other stuff. Be an easier time for her to settle, right? Why do you want to deal with this new thing, too? Are you his rep? <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah. are you speaking for his team? Because that is I, a great point. Let me do it. Um, well, so here's the thing. He wants to take him to Africa. And oh, I think okay. that's the crux of the issue is that Kamora's like, you can go there for a trip, but you must bring right. him back. And so her camp sent a paper that's like, will you sign this saying you will come back with him and he won't right. sign it. So that's Ooh. the issue is she's actually afraid he's going to like take him. It happens. If, Exactly. We've and all he heard those more stories. more means than some people who would be doing yes. that would have. Exactly. So this, Ooh, this document that she wants him to sign seems very reasonable to me, uh, but he won't sign it. So I don't really know like why he first initiated the custody uh, challenging the arrangement they already had. He has said Kimura withholds Kenzo from him, but it might be out of a response of fear that he's going to take her. Sure. It's, it's sad. I mean, it's scary and it's sad. But that's all happening literally at the same time as all of this. Well, here's the amazing part, Melissa. It's all about to come together in one additional lawsuit. No. <laughs> yes. Russell Simmons, he kind of disappeared. I don't know if you knew this, but after the allegations, he went on down to Bali and was like, I'm going to go do some yoga and like stay quiet. Probably a good move. Right. And he stepped down from boards and charities. He didn't want to be a distraction to those. And he's just been like clean living and like staying out of the public eye. And then COVID happened. So he ended up, he's been down there since like before COVID and he hasn't been oh, back. Wow. Obviously he's like in touch with his family and children, but physically he's been yeah. in Bali, but it didn't stop him from dropping a lawsuit on Tim and Kimora claiming that they stole shares of Celsius to pay for Tim's bond and legal fees when he was in the thick of the criminal proceedings. Oh, because all of a sudden there's like millions of dollars of shares missing and they're actually being held by the government right now as collateral. Mm. 
And he's like, you can't use those for your stuff. Like we own those together. And I don't really know who's like, if one is more rightfully the owner of the others, like, I don't know what the rules are, what the stipulations and the agreement is. Yeah. Yeah. So he apparently asked them privately, you know, to work it out many, many times. And I guess didn't. So then he, he dropped this lawsuit and then he made a very public statement saying, I've been quote, I've invited you to share in many of my business opportunities, including introducing you to say lucrative for you. I am shocked and saddened to see how your side has behaved in response to my repeated attempts to get an agreement from you to rightfully and legally reaffirm my 50% of the Celsius shares, which have been locked up with the government after being used for your husband's bail money. This, by the way, having been done under an illegal transfer of my funds that I had no knowledge of and never agreed to. So he goes very public with this. It's very humiliating. Kamora's yeah. already going through a lot with Tim, I would imagine. She's kind of been pretty quiet during this time as well. Right. Of course, her team fires back. Apologies, I have to quote again. I'm sorry. There's That's no other right. way to say this. Good. Kamora's team writes, Kamora and her children are shocked by the extortive harassment coming from her ex-husband, Russell Simmons, who has decided to sue her for shares and dividends of a Celsius stock in which Kimora and Tim invested millions of dollars. This is an ill-advised attempt by Russell to use the legal system to access funds he is in no way entitled to, and which his own legal team confirms Russell did not pay for. Russell's continued aggressive behavior not only blatantly distorts the facts, but is simply a desperate PR ploy, ignoring years of mental and emotional anguish, gaslighting, and ongoing harassment he's inflicted on Kimora. So... Now we're getting a little bit of a different story of maybe right. he is not the angel like we all slash Kimura thought he was. And maybe he's just like going, maybe he's unhinged. Like, I don't know, right. because it is kind of a weird strategy to drum up this drama with her over these shares when he's kind of in the thick of a really, really bad criminal investigation. Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of like. I wouldn't say she was on his side, it sounded like before this, but it was kind of she was saying, we'll let, you know, the legal system figure this out sort of thing. And now it's like, buddy, I can say whatever I want to. Once once he's done this, I I would feel like she would just be like, I'll I'll either tell the truth or I'll go in on you. You know what I mean? Like, not not absolutely whatever. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say there, but you get. You get where I'm going, right? I get exactly where you're going. And I think that's what that statement was saying. And also to bring the kids into the statement sounded interesting. Like he's making it so public. I guess that's what that was about. Now, I want to be really fair because, um, you know, we're journalists here at Criminality Show. And Mm -hmm. um, I've painted a picture that it's the men in Kimura's life that are the problem and that she is completely blameless. She did have one scuffle with the law back in 2004 um, she was driving and got, she had a broken taillight. Cops put their lights on wanting her to pull over and she wouldn't because she also had a little bit of marijuana on her. So there oh, okay. was a two mile chase. She was arrested. She pled guilty to reckless driving charges and she went on six months probation. I mean, all things considered not the biggest deal in the world at all, but I felt like I should mention it cause this is criminality sure. and it is part of balance. Absolutely. So Kimora has that one little brush. Other than that, honestly, the worst thing I read about her, a lot of people called her a brat. If you talk to people in the fashion industry, they're like, she's kind of a brat. She's totally a diva. I'm like, literally in the tagline of her show. I don't think she'd even <laughs> argue with that. Like, she's very right. she didn't self-deprecating. It. Yeah, she's like, that's like a little bit of her brand. Also, like, running multiple empires, like, you're probably not sweet. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Like, that's why I don't run empires. Yeah. yeah. Well, we do. I mean, we, yes. check marks. Right. And this podcast being mm-hmm. the biggest the main one. Mm-hmm. of all. <laughs> so it's almost 2022, Melissa, which what? How is that even possible? Uh, so where are we at with Kimora, these men and their problems? Well, as I said, Russell is practically in hiding. He's still in Bali. And the most recent quote from his team Basically, the gist is that he supports women and he knows there's been generations and generations of trauma and injustice towards women and that it's time for a healthy conversation around this to start. And if he can be any part of it, he wants to be. Um, Quote, Russell Simmons also stated God whispered in his ear that one day he will be an active part of the healing and the necessary bridge building 
process. So he's getting a little bolder, I guess, in his statements. A couple of the charges were dropped because of a statute of limitations. And I'm kind of like, dude, that's like a get out of jail free card. Like that doesn't mean you didn't do it. That just means they can't prosecute you right. for mm-hmm. them. So like, I wouldn't call that a victory, but it really remains to be seen. I mean, Oprah dropped him from a film she was doing. There's a documentary coming out. Like it's all going to come out. It's probably going to go the way of R. Kelly and Harvey Weinstein and right. all the others. But again, allegedly, we don't know yet. It's not right. played out in court. So that's Russell. And he's still very much, it's an active lawsuit regarding Celsius. Tim mm-hmm. has pled guilty, as I mentioned. And during 2020, as if enough wasn't going on in their life, they adopted a 10-year-old boy named Gary. So that makes uh, the couple's second child and Kamora's fifth. She brought in a, a t- 10-year-old into the mix Whoa. of different aged kids in January of 2020. And we all know what happened in March of 2020. So oh you can gosh. imagine. I know. I mean, good for her. That's amazing. Right? Older kids are not adopted. That's, you know, that's a, it's, that's amazing. These kids, like. She has such a beautiful family. This is. Yes. It's incredible. So uh, Jaimin Hansu is still fighting for custody of Kenzo. And as for Kimura, she went back to college in 2017, completed her business degree and went in 2018. So she gets this degree. She goes back to the company that bought all the bigger share of fat fashions and she bought it back. She is now again the owner and CEO of fat fashions and baby fat. And she's relaunching the brand. And remember, you were like, I can't believe Aoki and Ming are like 21 and 19. She's enlisted them to help with the relaunch. They're like running it with her. And one of them goes to Harvard and the other, I don't know what she does, but like they're super brilliant young women. And they're part of the campaign. Like this picture behind me is the three of them in the like the 2021 shoot for baby fat. That's wild. Are they wearing... They have tiny little cell phones, don't they? Are they mocking they us, Rebecca? They're mocking they're, us. <laughs> they're both mocking us and like hearkening back to, I think, the heyday of baby fat in the early aughts yeah. when the flip phones. And she did a um, partnership with like a pink phone. I don't know if it was with Bloomingdale's or Motorola or something. It was studded okay. and it had the cat on it. I think it's like that. Okay. The 90s are back, baby. <sighs> I mean, just look at their hair. Look at her bangs, the little, I know. The little pieces. Remember, I, I know. tried to do it the other day, like Chriselle on the YouTube, and I watched the YouTube back, and I'm oh. like, Rebecca, <laughs> note to self, you are not Chriselle. You need not do your hair like anyone on Selling oh. Sunset. <sighs> okay. As for the lawsuit about Celsius, it's still active, and her team put out a new statement. This one, so it's been like a ping pong, like one mm. for Kimura, one for Russell. This one says, at the time, the defendants used the Celsius shares for purposes of the bond in connection with the federal case. Lee understood and believed the defendants were authorized to use those shares for the bond. Meaning, I think they're now saying, yeah, they did it, but they thought it was okay. okay. Yeah. Which is Mm. good. Like, honesty is always the best policy. I don't know if it's legal. That's the problem. So yeah. it sounds like this could be like a point one for Russell's side. Like right. that's all they wanted was for you to say, like you really weren't supposed to touch those because they're joint. So that's where everything stands. Um, Wait, is she still married to what's his face? Tim Leisner. I'm really glad yeah. you asked. I, I thought yes, because they adopted a child together last year. Right. But this is her 2021 Christmas photo behind me. Mm-hmm. All children, no men, and right. you can see her hand around little wolf, and there's no ring. Oh. I don't know. So, hmm. you know, as of everything I read, it sounded like it. I've not heard the official. They've split, but there's no pictures of him on her Instagram, and there used to be. Yeah. it's Her, her Instagram is very business and kids, business and kids. It's beautiful because her kids are just... They look like a ton of fun and they are really gorgeous people and nothing about Russell or Tim or Jaimon. I think she's really focused on family and work. I would not be surprised if they're splitting up. I mean, I don't know how you get through that with somebody like, I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. So the question, the answer is, I don't know. Uh, One follow up question. What was, Mm -hmm. was his sentencing or his, um, was it just fees that he has to pay? He didn't have to do any jail time. No, he got 
out of jail because he could pay the bail with the Celsius money. And no, he didn't go to jail, which is like, you know, I'm thinking of all the white collar crimes we're looking at. Like Elizabeth Holmes may be going to jail. I mean, Lori Loughlin went to jail for a little bit. Like $200 million is a lot of money. Yeah. Bribing, you know, foreign nationals, embezzlement. So that's Kimora. That's that's our girl. And, you know, I just feel like she's going to shine bright. She's going to get through this. And these men cannot tear down her empire. No. And I don't know if I want to drink Celsius now. That's where I'm kind of left. I don't want to drink whatever's behind my head. No, no. But Celsius was actually good. No, no. I don't, you know, I think Celsius is like the only thing that didn't do anything wrong in this story. True. And True. I think, you know, it doesn't sound like Kimora is not a shareholder anymore. I think she is. I think she would say, you drink that Celsius. You keep, I mean, yeah, they, this whole family needs the money. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, I you will... do it if it makes you happy. I don't know what what makes me happy. I don't know. Um, but I might, I might, I like it. It's good. If you haven't tried it and you're looking for an energy drink, I'm not going to promote it, but I don't hate it. It's good. Not it an does, ad, but it does something. Sure sounds like one. I'm going to try it because I, you if know, you like carbonated, so it's I carbonated. I love, I drink LaCroix all day. Okay, that I don't understand, but I, I know. don't like People LaCroix, but I think Celsius has a better flavor. Like I like the flavor. But and does it, it have calories? I don't think so. Mm-mm. If it does, it's it might be like 10 or something. It's very, very, okay. very low. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's my I issue like with it. those drinks is like, if I wanted a, calo- a caloric drink, I'll drink like a soda. Yeah, I know. But I, I mean, it can't have that many because I've like made the decision to drink it before. I haven't drank it in a, a few weeks, but um, that was what I like had in my fridge before I went to the gym. Oh, Okay, that's very cool. I liked the um, unexpected Malaysian and Celsius connections. Thank you yes. for going down the fab lane with me. You're very welcome. I'm your Kevin Bacon in this episode. Uh, yes. But like just one connection away from these things. And yeah, and isn't it like six degrees? It's like six Celsius. Yeah. Six, six degrees Celsius. Celsius. <laughs> six degrees. <laughs> I like it. Um. Well, while I have been reading all about this family and their empires, have you been watching anything? Oh, I've definitely been watching something. So I have clues for what I'm watching. Okay. First clue is HBO. I don't know why we even pretend at this point. I know. The next one is docuseries. Okay. Ish. And the third is New York. And the fourth is this is a still from the show. And I think it's an episode I made you watch. Oh, okay. <laughs> now you're just giving it to me, which I appreciate because I was going to say The Landscapers before oh, you oh. said. Oh, I like that one. Before you said um, New York. I was mm-hmm. like, yes, I'm going to get it. Aww. Um, And now I can't remember the title is Don't Tell Me. I can't remember the guy's name. It's like John yeah, Wilson. you started it. Yes. John. You got the name right. John Wilson. But it starts in the beginning. How to with John Wilson? You got it. Good job. Is that right? Yeah, how to okay. with John Wilson? It is. Yeah. What a show! It is wild. So if you're not familiar with it, it's this show. It started last year, um, kind of during yeah quarantine, which was most of makes sense actually. Year. Yeah. Right. And so it's this documentarian guy, very awkward guy, who films truly everything and so it's just him telling these stories these uh it's set up like a tutorial almost so how to and one was like how to uh learn to drink a wine or or how to find a wine you like but it goes off into a whole thing this is the episode it's from i won't give one of the things that it was about which is why i had you watch it but this is celsius i don't even remember that moment it's so random because there's so many things going on in this story, but it's just very funny, very awkward. Him talking to people that he meets in New York, just these little side stories and conversations he has with people. So the whole thing is just him filming it, him talking. He's the voiceover. You never see him or you might see like a him in a mirror as the, the camera pans over. But it's just a fascinating to me. I don't live in New York, so I don't know if it's fun or just like obnoxious, but I love it. it. It's it's fun. It can be heartwarming at times and um, lots of surprises. The episode I made you watch 
totally came out of nowhere, right? I don't want to give it away, but it's so I don't so good. either, but I want to give a little tease. Go ahead. Because it, it's what made me watch. Right. So Melissa said, well, I don't know if you said there was a cult connection or if you said the specific cult. I think I said the specific cult because I, okay. I knew I could get you there. Okay, so I'm going to say one word, and like if it's enough, just go watch. I won't say any more, but Nexium, And you do not see it coming, and it's so fun. No, even knowing, yeah, even when I watched it, I literally was like, what in, how, what where do is we, happening we here? I know, the, the show, like, there's no other word but weird. It's, it's so weird. weird. And it's mm-hmm. so cool because there's so few things on TV that are like, this is, what is this? Like, that right. kind of defy category and they're not formulaic. Like, this is like its own thing. And he's obviously a very brilliant, quirky, creative guy. And right. I, I'm like really into them. I think they're really, yeah. they're just, they're just different. If you're in like a mood for something completely different, it's a good show. Yeah. And seeing real people in real situations, it's just not fabricated. It's, I love it. But if you aren't sure about it, but if you've ever seen the show, uh, Nathan for you, which is one of my all time favorite shows oh. with Nathan Fielder, he's a producer on this. So it's, it's in the same vein where he's meeting with real people and he kind of plays a character of, himself but that show I don't I'd have to hit you with a really good episode it's it's not one I would recommend freely like even this one isn't to one the for everyone I don't think but um but it's, it's not for everyone it's, it's a little weird I love it it's worth trying so if you're looking for one to start with um start with the one that we're talking about I think it's like uh the second or third episode of season two which is the season we're in now and I think it's how to how to how to enjoy wine, wine how to or enjoy wine, or, something like that. Yeah. It just absolutely goes off the deep end. It's, it's awesome. I love it. It really is. And most shows about New York, you know, the way New York is portrayed, there's just like the certain like B roll and glamour shots of New York you expect. And his are right. so like urban and real and not filtered and weird points yeah. of view. And like, it feels like the New York I live in and he's in every mm. borough and I love it. I love it. Oh, good. That's good. fun. Okay, so mine um, is a film, a movie, Netflix, Sandra Bullock. Um, Is it new? mm Mm-hmm. Prison. I don't have any clue unless it's that looking up something movie, but I can't remember what that's called. It's The Unforgivable. I was going to say The Unforgiven, but it's The Unforgivable. It's really good. Uh, I'm going to read the blurb because... I suck at describing these things. You have to do that now. Yeah. Yeah. Ruth Slater, a woman released from prison after serving a sentence for a violent crime, attempts to reenter society. She must try to put her life back together again in a world that refuses to forgive her past. Ooh. And, like, Sandra Bullock does it again. I always want to kind of put her on this list of, like, I don't know, sweetheart actresses that aren't good. She's, like, actually very good. And she's very good in this. And it's a very surprise ending did not see where it was going. Um, and it kind of goes back and forth in time to where you think you know the crime that got her there, but then it ends up that like you do not know the crime that got her there. Ooh. And my husband and I both enjoyed it. So that's always like a rare, you know, list of things. Yeah. It's a short list. So right. yeah, it was a good one. Oh, interesting. I haven't even heard of it. I did not know it existed. I guarantee it'll be popping up on my it Netflix will. um tonight. It will. But when did it come out? Interesting. Yeah, it's like really recent. Is oh, anyone yeah. else November twenty fourth? Um, yeah, actually, well, maybe they're not. He- okay, so Viola Davis. Yes. Um, I didn't know these three people, but Vince D'Onofrio, who I love, he's like oh, a New York too. actor from Law and Order, the um, the CI. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so those are good. Those are two good recs for people. Yeah, I want to watch yours. That actually sounds good. I have to be in a movie mood. You know, I'm rarely thing. in one, um, mm-hmm. but this was really like it hit the it hit the spot. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, how about next episode? I'd like for you to do it this time, if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> what I do you mean, say? I guess. I guess. Okay. Cool. Okay. Let's try this. You don't okay. look hopeful. <laughs> I. You know who you're working with. Uh, yeah, but I. Oh, okay. You're going back and forth on clues. Yeah. Okay. First clue. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to do a different word. I'm going to change one thing. Okay, ready? Okay. Beverly Hills. Yee. Grill. 
Okay. Candy. Okay. Okay. I have an idea. I believe in you. I believe in you. I have an idea. Okay. You can do it. I'm excited. Yeah. If I'm right. Well, I'm excited either way. But if it's what I think (laughs) it is, it's what I want to hear more about. Okay. Okay. But I could be wrong. Hmm. Do you want to guess? I know something you don't. I know something you will never know. You got it. (laughs) Oh, well, I cannot wait to hear whatever it is. I love the clues. I love candy. I love grilling. I love Beverly Hills. (laughs) (laughs) I love grilling candy in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Well, until then, everybody, thank you so much for listening and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Criminality Show. And you can catch Melissa on Tuesdays on her other podcast, Moms and Murder. And you can catch Rebecca on on Dialogue, the podcast. That's D-I-E hyphen a log. Um, but like spelled out the way. Um, spelled out the way. Does that the help? way? How yep. about A-L-O-G-U-E? <laughs> AKA we gotcha. the way. Uh, there you go. And feel free to leave us a review. The reviews have been so nice and fun and sweet. And they're always uh, neat to read other people that are connecting with this weird little idea for a show. So we're hoping you guys enjoy it and are thankful for people who are. Absolutely. And those that aren't, aren't really telling us. And that's great, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Keep it to yourself. Nobody needs to know. Um, also, we're on YouTube. And you can subscribe to that channel. Even if you don't watch us, you can still subscribe. Yeah. You can still, and nothing will hurt you. We won't hurt no, you. No. No. I don't know what hurting. kind of thing I was trying. <laughs> Only our feelings are at stake. And those you won't see. They're invisible. That's the weirdest um, not thread I've ever made. <laughs> it's true. Um, but it is fun to watch us. I, I kind of have to say like Melissa kills it with the zooms and, um, yeah, we, we've had some fun engagement over there. Actually people commenting, yeah. I think we got, you know, we're in the two digits of uh subscribers. So please it, come join the fun. It does. It does. It gets more than Twitter. I will tell you that. So, um, or say hi on Twitter. Instagram's always the best place. I think it's just, it, you do a great it's job. Where we are. Job well, over there. It's a lot of fun. I guess it's where the people are. Um, So let's do that. And with that, have a happy new year. Happy new year. And I guess our next episode will be in 2022. Oh, thank goodness. All righty. Have a great year. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.